So today's guest for podcast number 25, you guys have uh, been requesting him a bit, and I delivered. He's from the real world back to Las Vegas and the MTV's challenge, Dustin Zito. Thanks for coming on today, man. All right, man. What's up, Michael, man? Thanks for the invite, dude. All right, man. So obviously on your real world season and the challenge, um, you're very competitive and you alluded to being an athlete. Um, talk to me a little bit about uh, you growing up. Like, Were you a sports guy? What were your like hobbies? Yeah, man, I grew up, I just had a natural knack for sports, you know, just kid being a kid. Um, I kind of grew up in a really religious family. So as far as organized sports, they didn't really believe in the whole concept of me mixing with other kids that didn't believe the same things that I did. So uh, I didn't get to really participate. And that was kind of tough because I was always thought of myself as athletic, always like it was important to me to practice and be good at basketball so I can play with my friends and stuff. So I spent a lot of time into it. And I thought I was pretty slick at it and I never kind of got the chance to explore that. And that's kind of why like the challenge was super cool for me because, you know, for the first time I had Jersey with my name right. on it, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And like, Whoa, watch out, bro. I was so excited. <laughs> the only thing about that was I fought so hard to get Zito. I thought I would. I wanted Zito. Everybody calls me Zito. Yeah, every, everybody has an athlete, bro. That's like what they strive for in the last name. The last name is the most important thing. Forget my first name, bro. Like if you like most of your friends, like you, you're like, yo, like we kind of refer to ourselves as like a group of athletes anyway. So I only call everybody. Every one of my friends, you call them by their last name. And plus Louisiana, kind of southern place. That's kind of what, what what we do. Uh, my brother was from like a. a like a military-based town, you know? Yeah. So that was just, everybody calls by the last name. So nobody ever really called me Dustin. So it was really tough, man, to have to have to have my jerseys with Dustin instead of zero. Right. So uh, everybody has, like, you know, their story of, like, I got noticed like this, or this was what my process was like. What was your casting process like? Dude, my casting process was a little different, to be honest. Um, for me, it really all happened whenever I left LA, uh, got away from frat pad. I was kind of like, dude, I got to go home and do something else. You know, I was like 22, 23. I was kind of like, yeah, that was fun for a little while, but I got to figure it out. Uh, went home and my best friend's wedding, my best friend growing up, he had his wedding and the Saints were going to the Super Bowl. Right. Wow. Like I'm going home. I'm yeah. going home. And whenever I went home. At my best friend's wedding, his uncle, and me and, uh, mind you, like, my best friend, whenever I had some family problems, like, his family took me in, and I lived with him for, like, eight months, almost a year, um, in high school for our junior year, and, um, yeah, man, so I went to his wedding, his uncle, who I knew very well, because I was kind of considered a family friend, he legit, while we were in high school, always said, do you guys, we would tell them stories, bro, you know, because being in the South and in high school, we kind of did our best to live that life, you know what I'm saying? And we, we would tell him stories about crazy stuff we were doing, and he was always like, dude, you guys need to go in the real world. And he always told us that his boss's daughter worked for Blue and Murray. And, wow. he, and dude, he was like, yo, you, you guys are going to do it. You guys are going to do it. I, of course, at the time, we're 16, 17 years old. I, I was so excited to tell this dude, who's like kind of my uncle, you know, 
about stories of, you know, me, I just got my driver's license, you know? So who knew that years later I'd come back home from LA to go to the wedding, see him there. He told me to get in contact with his boss's daughter and legit looked me in the eye and was like, no, I'm serious. He's like, you know, could you go to a wedding? And it's my best friend's wedding. I had been gone for years. I jumped in his wedding acting crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like all oh, my old friends, it was like a reunion. And at the end of the wedding, he, my friend's uncle pulled me over and he was like, dude, seriously get in contact with her? Cause you were crazy motherfucker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, that's how it all started, dude. I honestly contacted her. I filled out the whole information. And my first interview was a Skype interview. And I did the Skype interview. And after that, it was kind of got thrown into the process. I went to New Orleans to uh, to catch up with, like, the interview process they were doing. That was my first, like, on-camera interview. Yeah. Uh, and then it was, it was really about a year because I kind of inserted myself into the casting process early not knowing that there was a real world coming up. They had just finished Real World New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually watched all of Real World New Orleans, Jimmy and Knight and all of them, um, actually kind of knowing I was going on the show. So, you know, I know Jimmy don't know that. But <laughs> oh, I was like a huge fan of her because when I was watching the show, it was kind of like, for me, to be honest, I had watched The Real World a while back, but when I went to L.A., I kind of didn't watch a lot of TV. And re-watching that New Orleans, back to New Orleans season was really, was really cool because it gave me an opportunity to kind of click back into it. And I was like, dude, The Real World played such a big mode in my life. Like, when I was in high school and, you know, you're kind of looking for that, like, man. You know, I got to stop watching these fucking cartoons and shit, man. Like, <laughs> You know, there's girls around here, bro. Like, I need to start, like, taking this serious. Uh, that was what I turned to, was stuff like the real world, stuff where I could watch people, like, be adolescent, like, teenage-style young adults. You know, it was just kind of one of those things. It was the first time I was, you know, it was kind of, you pick your swag up off a little bit off of shows yeah. like that. You know, you kind of do see yourself in one out of seven. There's always a character that everybody can kind of see themselves in. And it, man, for a lot of dudes, me coming up, the dudes on the real world, I was like, man, you know, man, I just want to be like him. And moments, moments in your life where you got opportunities to, like, go talk to a girl and stuff, you would revert to those, like, man, if he did it, I can do it. You know what I'm saying? If he did it, yeah. I can So, you know, getting onto the show was kind of like, holy shit, things are about to change. Like, don't forget, dude, I was some poor kid from Louisiana, like, just trying to, just trying to like fake it till you make it, you know. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like this show comes along, and they're like, "Yeah, like it was one of those things where you're going through the whole interview process, and you're waiting for them to like, how's this gonna end, man? You know, I probably won't get it. You know, I probably won't get. It. Well, how's it gonna end though? Are they just gonna tell me straight up you didn't make it? And it's like you're just waiting, and you're, you're waiting and waiting and waiting, and then all of a sudden, I was in the mall, bro, and. Jim Johnson called me up from Butte Murray. He's like, I need you to go home and set yourself up a little camera. Send me a little what we're doing here. And he's like, yo, you know, we're going to do, and we're going to call you and stuff like that. And he made it sound super casual. So I was legit like, it's like literally in the mall in Abercrombie, where I used to work at Abercrombie. I was like where I worked at during my years of uh, high school. And I was like, y'all, I got to go home. 
to do this thing. And at the time, I didn't tell everybody what the real that I was in this interview process because they tell you not to. That's bullshit. Every fucking body told somebody, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of looked at the people I was cool with, like they were managers at the store. I was like, I think this is it. And they all just were like, no. Ran home, dude, get the phone call. They're like, you made it. And I'm just like, are you serious? Like, I've really been waiting for you guys to tell me no. I'm really going. And right at that moment, you found out it was Vegas. And I was like, man, we are really in some trouble. Yeah, that actually leads into my next question. I was going to ask you. Um, you know, going to Sin City, were you uh, stoked for that? Or were you hoping for, uh, you know, something Dude. like, you know, tropical? Or... Vegas, all you can think is, holy shit, we're going to Vegas. Like, I had been to Vegas once before, and I was just like, okay, so this is going to be wild. You know, like, if they hit you with something like, you know, like Boston or something like that, you're like, ah, oh, it would be pretty low-key, you know, I'm going to hang with the locals. But you know that Vegas is the place that, like, People go and they get so excited to see some cameras because when people go to Vegas, they expect shit like that. They want to see some show being filmed or like, you know, run into some bullshit. So it was really cool knowing that we were going to go to a city that one was going to be waiting for us. Like there's nothing I could show Vegas that Vegas hadn't already shown somebody else. And two, I totally blanked out and forgot what I was going to say. But it was something along the lines of the people circulate every weekend. You know, there's yeah. no, like, there's no, like, crew in Vegas. You could you could see a different side of Vegas every weekend. There's a freaking, you know, convention happening here. Guess what? Seven out of ten people that yeah. are at that fucking convention, and they're all of a certain demographic, and they all kind of, like, take over the city all at the same time. So that's kind of tight. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, your relationship with Mike Mike, because I know you guys butted heads a little bit on that season. And, uh, what are you like with him now? I'm going to be honest, man. I love Mike Mike. I really did from the beginning. Like, Mike Mike reminded me a lot of my friends back home. You know, um, the relationship started off just fine. Me and Mike were cool. Things got rocky. I think a little bit of it had to do with me, like, getting involved with Heather. And then a little bit it had to do with, like, you know, later in my life, I figured out, you know, like, I'm kind of, I'm a, I'm a big presence. You know what I'm saying? Like, whenever I, I, you know, you get to know me and I'm around you for a little while, I'm just a big presence. Like, you know, not everybody is going to, is going to like that. So yeah. Mike just kind of didn't like that, that, that big presence in me. He, I think he liked me as a person. But the little things that I would do probably aggravated him in a way that made him kind of like say some things that I was, you know, most multiple times it was kind of like, yo, Michael, yo, what? Like, dog, you can't do that. Like, what? We on a TV show, man. Like, you know, there's cameras and stuff. You can't be talking like that. Like, why are you doing that? Is it because of the cameras, Mike? Mike, you know, like he he said, like <laughs> that first fight we got into about Heather, and he walked out. <laughs> Mike walked out the tour, man, and said, and said, I kissed her and I liked it. Still to this day, I just, I just be like, oh man, like, you know, I mean, especially me at 24, or wait, when did I go on the road? I was 24, I was like 27, whichever. Especially back then, 24. Back then, dude, I'll haul off and hit somebody for some stupid stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like I was, I was a young you know, trying to be alpha male, just trying to assert myself in this world. Like, I'll haul off and hit somebody for some small incident, you know? And I was like, this dude 
But it's one of those things that it wasn't the first time someone treated me like that. You know, just kind of didn't like me for no reason. But, uh, you know, now I guess I kind of understand it. You know, I guess I kind of understand, like, me trying to... I mean, I was on one on the real world, dude. It's tough. Like, as far as that, like, listening to that little alpha spirit that tells you to, like, step up in every situation, like, you... you That's on hype whenever you're on the show. Like, don't forget, it's been two months I've been like, I'm going on the real world. I'm going on the real world. Oh, my God. My friends were sitting me down, bro, telling me, like, dude, okay, listen. Listen, like, you need to get... You really need to not embarrass yourself. You really need to not let people get... Like, it was one of those things you sit down with your homies and they're like, man, what if somebody steps up to you? What if, dude, what's what's going to happen? Dude. Oh, and they would be like, dude, we got to get your drinking tolerance up. Like, we really got to get your drinking tolerance up. It was one of those things, like, Mike hit me early with that shit and I was, I was just kind of like, what do I do? This is one of those moments we talked about. Oh, shit. Like, what? He's stepping up. He's being crazy. Like, you know, and... It, Still to this day, I just, I'm glad I handled it the way I handled it, but I probably should have slapped mine. You know, because yeah. if that moment I would have slapped him, none of that other shit would have happened. Then to be real, none of that other shit would have happened. If I would have just walked up to him and just like put a little, not hard, just pat. Like it's not going to be that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but because it got worse. It really did get worse. Like, Mike really did start to dislike me as a person. And I was just kind of like, man, forget you, bro. Like, of course I'm going to have an enemy. Like, you're that guy. And I don't I don't want it, but that's what you want, you know? So yeah. that's kind of my relationship with Mike. Mike, we actually met up a few times after the show over the years. And I don't got a bad thing to say about the guy. I'll hug his neck right now. You know, like, he's, you know, we went through that experience together. Whatever happened to those two younger boys... You know what I'm saying? Like, me and Mike, Mike, I have different conversations now that we've grown a little bit. Uh, it's just one of those things, you know? Poor, poor, poor situations of, 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 you know, just that time in my life that, that were, are right now meaningless to me because, you know, I'd do anything for Mike if he called me. Yeah, I feel you. So you alluded to, obviously, you know, liking the uh, whole challenge competition type deal. You thought it was cool. Did you uh, watch the challenge prior to, uh, you know, going on? Oh, yeah. you. I mean, dude, there was a time, like, you know, I would say, like, a little bit after my high school years that the challenge had just hit the scene. You remember whenever road rules and the challenge kind of started hitting and then they started playing with the concept a little bit and then the challenge was born? Yeah. That period of time, dude, everybody was like, what the fuck is going on? MTV right now, this shit is sweet. And, you know, you, you couldn't ignore it. And especially being my type of person where, like, I'm just a country kid, bro. I grew up in the backwoods, like, you know, doing stupid shit that really doesn't make any sense and doesn't have, like, you know, the challenge, the challenge kind of offered this, this, situation to watch people do sports that weren't sports they weren't like scorekeeping they weren't like hone a certain skill like you kind of had to be a jack of all trades you know what i'm saying and that excited me a lot and to be honest whenever i got onto the real world most of our conversations you know as like a crew as like my friends my family was like dude now you'll get a shot of being on the challenge right yeah. you know like you know it's coming you know it's coming and it was that was like 
kind of one of the coolest things about the real world too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, heading into your first season, obviously, you know, it's X's. You got Leroy and, uh, you know, Naomi there from your real world right. Did you guys kind of have like the uh, pregame alliance already set in stone with them? So like, all right, we're going to save each other, have each other's backs or? Yeah. Oh, definitely the first one. It was kind of like, I mean, th- it's tough because the girls, you know, but I kind of was like, Leroy, I know Leroy is a very assertive person. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Leroy's like, yo, I want to be your friend. Guess what? You're Leroy's friend. You don't get a choice. So <laughs> I was kind of like, if Leroy makes any established moves, I know he's going to include me. We talked that. But I was never that politics guy, man. I really wasn't. I really loved the challenge solely for, like, the competition side. All of the extra shit was fun to watch, but when you're in it, you're just like, dude, wait. Like, oh, my God. Like, you know, the first one wasn't bad. My last one was a little worse. But the first one, I was just kind of like, you know, to be honest with you, Mike, I was scared as shit. I had come off my real world. Everybody knew about the gay porn shit. So I was like, I am going to get eaten alive. Like, they are going to fucking, like, ruin me. Especially the older dudes, like Johnny Bananas and shit. And it really kind of, I was scared to go. I ain't gonna lie to you. I was acting hard. I had my girl with me. You know, Leroy was there. I was all like, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. Dude, I was scared of shit. So the first one was kind of crazy. And then I got hurt. I didn't get hurt for competition. I got hurt for some slippery surface type shit and busted my knee open. So when I left, I was kind of like, all right, this is kind of cool because I didn't get kicked out. You didn't get humiliated. Got to go home based off of some medical shit. That's cool. This is your first one. I knew there was going to be more. So I was like, you know, that's cool. You know, people remember you. They're going to be like, oh, man, you know, but he didn't get beat. Nobody beat him. So I was really excited about that. Um, but, man, I, you know, dude, I, I was like anticipating winning one. You know, like right here, I got my second place. But I was in, going into it, I was anticipating winning one. You know, yeah. so. That was kind of tough. So uh, I'm actually going to ask you a few, uh, throw a few names at you for uh, <laughs> that, that uh, extra season. I'm just basically going to ask you something. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, dynamic with them was like, so uh, what about uh, Dunbar? Dunbar? Dude, I don't think I've met Dunbar personally. I mean, uh, I know. He, he, was, uh, he was on that season with you. Yeah, Exus. He was with Paula. Wade Dunbar is actually okay. Short, short, buzzed haircut. Big, yeah, yeah. He was with Paula, who, yes, okay, I do remember Dunbar. He was there. Um, Dunbar is a cool dude. The crazy thing about Dunbar, he was in my first season. Uh, and I totally forgot this until you brought this up. Uh, but Dunbar actually did porn too. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge thing for me because it was one of those things that came up. You got to remember this. Before we get to there, to the challenge, all of us have about 15 hours of traveling through airports together. So I had already learned that about Dunbar, and I was like, bet. Whoo. At least there's somebody else they can pick on. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, but Dunbar was really chill, dude. He was really kind of like, I mean, Dunbar was kind of like me in a way that he was like, dude, I'm not getting into political shit. 
you know, I'll try. He tried more than I did, but I, me and him kind of like were the one of the two that kind of wanted to sit back and just kind of let things phase out, you know? Right. What about, uh, what about CT and Ty? CT and Ty, Ty's a cool dude. I mean, me and him will bullshit a lot. CT, CT's a little bit of a closed off cat. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't really fuck with nobody. You know, by the time I got in there, I mean, CT's kind of chill. But I will tell you this. In the beginning, I was with Heather. And Heather was really good friends with DM. And so that kind of brought me and CT into a lot of situations where we were hanging out together and, you know, the girls were bullshitting. But to be honest, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I think CT... I mean, I don't think he has anything against me, but I didn't think he really wanted to fuck with me too much because of the porn stuff. You know, a lot of dudes in that game that I'm kind of like, eh, I don't think I got a, like a, a real chance to chill with because they were kind of like, nah, dude, I already think you're weird. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't right. even come fuck with me. Like, you know, you cool. You can stay there cool over there, but I think you're into some weird shit and I don't trust you. And I get it. Like, I get it. So... Those kind of guys, I'm like, ah, I got to get in there. I got to, I'm not going to push too much. Of course, I'm a fan of CT, you know. I'm like, oh, man, look at fucking CT, my dude right there. But I was kind of like, nah, man, don't, 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 don't act like a punk. Who punk yeah. I don't want to fuck with you too much. <laughs> that was kind of our deal with them. Who else, Mike? I'll give them to you honest, man. I'll, I'll give <laughs> Actually, the names I'm going to get into are in a little bit for my, you know, this next season. But first, I'm going to um, ask you about coming into Battle of the Seasons. Um, obviously people have sort of an idea, like they're seeing like roommates, like, oh, oh, this is a seasons type deal. You only had Nani from your season and, um, they had combined you and, uh, you know, Altman, Trishil. So did you guys have an idea when you got there? Like what was going on or like, how did you adjust to that? I was tight with it, Mike, because I knew, damn, I was so scared that they were going to, I knew Heather wasn't coming. Me and Heather were living together, so it was kind of one of those things. We're all talking amongst each other before this is happening. We know the challenge seasons is happening, but we don't know who's going yet. So, boom, here you go. DMs start popping off. Everybody talking to everybody. Oh, who's going to be where? Who's going? Who got the call, you know? And, dude, we were confused for a long time because I'm telling you, the cast pretty much knows what's popping off before we ever even get tickets to the airport. Um, And... I was a little bit confused at what I was walking into because we weren't sure. But then when we did find out it was Alton and Trishel, I was totally excited. I was I, I was a big fan of Alton, for sure. You know, and I look at Alton, I was like, man, that boy, we're going to have fun together and we're going to go crush this. And it's exactly what we did. And as far as the team goes, it was a shock. But as soon as I knew what it was, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll take that, you know. Right. I love Naomi to death. Mike, I love her, but she's my little Jeep. But Mike, I did not want Naomi to be on my team, bro. I did not want to deal with Naomi. Because Naomi, I ain't going to lie to you, bro. She going there for the money. She's like, aha, I'm not that into this challenge stuff. But, you know, hey, if y'all giving out paychecks, let's go. You know, so I was kind of like, ugh. When I found out it was out in Trichelle, I was like, bet, let's move forward. I was worried about everybody else thinking it was unfair. But I was like, no, 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 let's just go. We're just going to go with this. Right. So uh, the second challenge was, uh, you know, oil wrestling thing. Um, <laughs> you had to go up against Zach at first, and uh, you guys actually drew. And Zach's regarded as, as, like, you know, 
one of, if not like, you know, the most physically uh, imposing dude to ever come on these shows. Oh, yeah. Without yeah, a doubt. Talk to, talk to me about that, man. That's so Oh, bro. I mean, dude, I, I saw that as an opportunity. I mean, of course, I was like, fuck, Zach. Of course. Right when it happened, I was like, oh, of course. You know, fucking Zach. Fucking Greek fucking, you know, fucking statue here. 6'3". But, I mean, I know that Zach. I don't, I don't, you know, I have experience with fighting. I have some, my brother does, you know, we own a gym, a fight school in Louisiana. I got, as far as wrestling goes, I was confident in my abilities. Uh, I was just worried about his size and what he knew. Fortunately, Zach doesn't know too much about wrestling. And I, I, I survived. You know what I'm saying? Like, Zach legit, like, I saw on his face. Like, you know, Zach's a little bit of a prick. So he was kind of like, you know, I got this. Like, you're done. You're just in my way right now. And I was like, bro, don't be so confident. Like, don't come over here with that bullshit. Uh, and so I did kind of have that in my in my psyche, too. You know, I was kind of like, nah, this is, this is going to be real funny whenever these people see me beat Zach. Like, people's going to wake up, you know, because I'm the kind of guy that walked into the challenge. People didn't really anticipate on me being any kind of, like, you know, competitor. People walk in. And the, all of the older dudes are like, hey, don't size anybody up yet. Like, every time I've ever tried to size anybody up, and this is coming from, like, bananas and stuff, he's like, don't, people will surprise you. And that's the truest thing ever. So this was, like, kind of my, my first challenge whenever I did X's. I did pretty good, but I got kicked out early. So nobody really knew. You know, I had never really gone up against anybody as far as, like, elimination-style head-to-head deal. So, um, I mean, Zach, for sure, it was one of those things where this is a good opportunity for me to show some skill, show that you're in here to fight, show that you're in here to do your deal, and show people that, you know, I don't, I, I wasn't one of those dudes that people looked at and go, oh, man, he's fucking 6'5", and, like, you know, huge, and, like, you know, just all known for working out and stuff. People were kind of like, ah, he's going to see what he was going to do. And that was my opportunity to be like, let me set the pace. So that was cool. I actually enjoyed that experience, except for that oil. That was the worst shit. Yeah, ever. I can imagine. Dude, and it, and it, we we sat there covered in the oil for the rest of the challenge, hours. Just me and Zach went like second. <laughs> and then I had to get in there. I had to wrestle. Uh, Rob. Rob, dude. I was tired. Me and Zach literally. They didn't have a time limit to stop things at that point. Me and Zach created that time limit. By going for so damn long, we were both dead. Zach dislo—I think he dislocated his shoulder on, in that in that thing that we did. Wow. Um, because he, uh, well, Zach, are, I mean, one of those guys that probably suffered from a dislocation all the time, and it just popped out. You know, probably something that happens, you know, ten times a year for him. But um, yeah, so we were exhausted, and me having to go on up there against Rob, and it was one of those things. You remember they had the little board up with all the little pieces. Yeah. And we had already figured, well, I didn't figure none of that shit out because I hate puzzles and stuff like that. But Sarah and them and Alton and all of them had figured that shit out already. And they told me, they're like, you have to beat Rob. You have to. And I was like, oh, my God. Are you serious? Because by that time, don't forget, other people were like throwing games. We had figured out what it was. And we, I don't know if the show did it on purpose. But that challenge right there drew a line in the sand on who was with who and where were we going from here. So, I mean, but I had to beat Rob, and that sucked. So uh, that, 
that's what I got to say about that challenge. But at the end of the day, I was excited to to do something physical that I had some experience in and to take on somebody like Zach so I could show show myself. All right, yeah. That was like the real moment where people were kind of like, oh shit, this Dustin dude might be pretty good, you know? Yeah. That was that was kind of exciting, especially watching it watching right. it like months later. Yeah, Zach's name's actually come up uh, a lot in my podcast. He's uh, kind of taking a beating on here. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I'm going to ask you now, since Dude, we're on the topic of names. Yeah. Um, I'm going to kind of throw some more specifically two names at you that uh, you know, you're know you feuding with a little bit. And, bro, when I say iconic, iconic, this uh, you know fight with you and Frank. With oh, me, Dude. That they were talking about it last week. I, I dude, Catholic school. Oh, fucking Frank. Oh, fucking Frank. Talk to me about you know the Zach and uh Frank feud, how that kind of you know stems from what we couldn't see, maybe. And uh, talk to me about that blow up with you and Frank when you said uh Catholic schoolboy, dude. Frank was not ready for that, he was really stepped into some shit he shouldn't have been messing with. Uh, but to be honest, fucking Frank, Zach and Frank had like, I mean, purposely to the point where you could just see what was going on. You know, they were like trying to make this like weird, like the the, the a dynamic duo. You know, and it was kind of like, okay, like Zach and Frank, like stop the shenanigans, y'all, y'all look retarded. But it, it it you know it started carrying on. You know, and of course. Zach and Frank, especially during that challenge, you got to give them this. This was their first challenge. You know, they came in strong. There was no, there was no old heads there. That challenge was super unique because there was no CT, there was no Johnny, there was no like person that walked in and was like, "I'm boss." You know, like Johnny Bananas does that. Like he's he makes sure those first few nights Johnny Bananas is having the most fun. He's the one telling everybody. You know, he's the one like. He makes toasts and he does his thing. He's been there 20 times. Like, he fucking knows what he's doing. So he walked in, you know, and for our season, Battle of the Seasons, we didn't get that. So it was, like, crazy to walk in there. And there was really no already established alphas except for, like, except for uh, uh, the ginger one. Wes. Wes. But he was kind of, like, at that point not even taking things serious. So... You know, Zach and Frank kind of came up into this, like, you know, Zach's one of those dudes, you see him, and, like, everybody's already, like, he's going to be good at this. You know, like, he's the big guy, he's the athletic guy, he talks about football all the time, going to be good at this. And Frank was surprisingly really athletic, too, so it was kind of like those two rose up, and they were like, we're hot shit, we are running the show, and, you know, kind of unimpeded. And they just got, that night just got crazy. Like, Frank just went off. He was really, I think he did everything he did with intention. Frank knew what he was doing. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew that he wanted to get somebody kicked off the show. He wanted to piss somebody off enough to fuck up so that they would get kicked off the show. It is a thing that too many people count on as far as the challenge goes. They're just like, oh, you get kicked off. And I hate that, like, the contenders think that way. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, oh, if I... If I if I draw you to punch me, like, oh, well, you're going to have to get kicked off the show. And I'm like, dude, no one should be playing that way. Like, no one should be playing that way. But unfortunately, they do. And that particular night, you know, we everybody knew, everybody in the house knew what was going on. 
Nani and Frank were trying to like patch things up. They were having drinks by the pool, and then they were like, "Meet me over here in two minutes. I gotta cool down and talk." And it was like really a funny situation. But I mean, it got to the point where Zach was up, while well, Frank was up on the on the balcony, Hanani was down there, and they were just kind of screaming at each other. And it was bullshit. And the thing, my approach in that, the reason I was in that was me and Alton saw what those guys were trying to do to Nani. They saw that they were trying to piss. Every time that those two interacted, I could see that Frank was just like, you know, Nani, Zach, Zach and Frank were trying to use Nani against Nani. We all know who Nani is. Nani don't take no shit. She don't care about this show. She's kind of like me. Like, she don't care if this is a show or not. You're not going to disrespect me. Like, you know, so... They were trying to use Nani against Nani and get her to overreact. So I kind of stepped in as like, let's laugh this off, Nani. Like, let's just laugh this shit off. Laugh at him. Like, you see what he's trying to do. You gave him a chance, and we're not giving him a chance anymore, and we're just going to laugh at him. And I was just like, aha, bullshit. But then Frank saw what we were doing. And Frank just legit was like, oh, let me just take this knife and turn it and got personal. We started. We knew the story about Nani's sister. We knew that she had to leave amongst a hard time in her family, and it was tough. You know, she had to walk away. It's hard to leave your family and say, "Hey guys, I'm only going to call you guys, you know, for five minutes twice a week, for six weeks possibly, maybe even eight. I don't really know, but I'm leaving. You can't know where I'm going. It's hard to do that. So Nani was already in a tough situation. And then Frank, man, just acting like a pure, complete dick. You know, just starts like, oh, yeah, we know your sister got her kids taken away and got a needle up her arm. And I'm just like, I was right there. I was kind of like a, a switch went off in my head. I was like, show no, we're not going there. And then it became one of those things where I was like, hell no, you ain't going to say stuff like that. And then he kind of was like, I'll say whatever the fuck I want, you know, and it was just like, and I legit was like, no long words are no longer required, sir. You could either come down here. Or what's up? And, you know, Frank, I just remember, he, I forgot what I said, and I would love to watch this over again. I forgot what I said, but Frank just, like, went up, and he was just, and those stairs, hey, there's a lot of stairs there, bro. There's a lot of stairs. Frank's screaming the whole time. And, like, at this moment, I'm like, oh, he ain't gonna, see. your heart starts racing. You know what I'm saying? You get into that mode where you're like, this dude's really gonna step up. Oh, shit. So, and, you know, of course, I didn't forget I was on a show. So I was like, how's this going to fucking play out? But then when he came up in my face and, like, I could tell he was like, I'm going to alpha on you right now and we're going to see what happens. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Then I blacked out. Then it became like a, you know, when I say Catholic schoolboy, I was trying to tell Frank, Frank, you're stepping in the streets right now where you don't belong. Like, you know what I'm saying? You do not belong here, son. Like, in a real way. I will really mix you up right now and you are going to wake up and, and with me over you and realize what just happened real quick. And I just, oh, to this day, I that's the one dude on the show that everything else, I'm kind of like, whatever, crushed. But if I ever saw Frank again, i just kind of be like, I got nothing for you, bro. Like, don't come over here try to be my friend. Like, I got nothing for you. Because when he did that, it was just one of those situations, like we talked before, somebody fucking trying to take advantage of being on TV, and I mushed him. Mike, I mushed him. I knew I could get away with that mush. 
because I got away with it on the real world with Mike Mike. I was like, in that situation, I was like, I'm going to hit him. I'm going to hit him. I'm going to really hit him. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to mush him and see what happens. Like, I was hoping that he was going to just lose his shit and we was going to actually battle. Because usually that's what the mush is for. The mush is not a hit. You know, Mike, it's a very strategic move. You know what I'm saying? It's a move to make where you're like, I'm not playing anymore. And what's it going to be? And it was real funny because, of course, everybody starts getting separated. I, I'm a, I like fell and I got back up and I was like, let's go, let's go. You know, and uh, it was just the whole night after that happened, I went to sleep, scared I was going to get kicked off the show, of course. Um, you know, when everybody kind of breaks off and starts talking in their clicks, and I was just like, shit, man, I might be going home. God damn. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't like that situation. I didn't like it at all, Mike. And Frank, you know, it was just one of those intentional things that he was doing it because he wanted the reaction, and he almost got it. But, you right. know, Frank, poor Frank. That's how I like to say, bless his heart. I know you might not know what that means, but any southern motherfuckers in here know exactly what I'm Bless, bless his heart, Frank. But who else? I knew you was coming with that shit, Mike. Yeah. I, I had to, bro. Um, but no, yeah, that was uh, I, one of my favorite, you know, fights and uh, moments of challenge. Oh, you know, a lot of fans would agree. That happened. Let me tell you something, Zach. Like I was like Zach was like stepping up, and I was like, "Yo, Zach, we we can mix." This was after the wrestling match, so I was like, "You understand, you know, like we can mix up." And then you know he didn't like that I was so confident in saying that that he like legit was screaming at me that night later when we were trying to talk. He was like, "You know that you would act like that in the streets if it was a, like you know I would beat you up, right?" And I was like. Zach, you wouldn't beat me up, bro. Like, you, just because you big don't mean you would beat me up. Like, where do you, where did you learn this? Like, like you know, I don't know where where you from or how many fights you've been in, but just because you big don't mean you can beat anybody up. And Zach, all you know is football. You don't fight. Like, you don't fight. I do this shit. Like, don't come in here with that dumb shit. But he was so mad that he was like, he was like, you know you. You know you'd be scared of me. He literally said it. He was like, you know you'd be scared of me if this was at a bar. Dude, I'm so sorry for your ego, but no, I wouldn't. You know? This is sad. Yeah, man. But uh, a lot of people uh, the following season were disappointed to see, because it was rivals, too, that uh, you and Frank weren't together. Um, I've read that, uh, you know, for whatever reason or another, um, you weren't, uh, you know, prohibited to uh, yeah, dude, go I on that. I was actually really worried about that. Me and Frank's relationship might be different if we ever had to like team up together, you know. But I was I I, I escaped that, and I think honestly at that time I think the producers kind of knew me as a person, and they knew that I wasn't like, don't do that kind of shit to me. Like I don't I don't take this lightly. Like you know if you're really trying to fuck me over, I'm gonna take it as you fucking me over. You know like this is my life for eight weeks. And then I have to relive it again in a couple months. And then it becomes a staple in my whole existence. So, like, you know, like, don't fuck with me and put me in situations where I just, like, mentally can't even survive, you know? Yeah. Um, so, obviously, you know, getting second in the Battle of the Seasons final. Um, you guys were a two-team, two, no, per, two-person team, but... I felt, and a lot of people would agree with me, that if, you know, you had your full team attack there, you guys, you know, win. 
But um, I'm going to ask you flat out, dude, because a lot of people uh, like to speculate on this. Do you think that Alton threw that elimination? Dude, I know for a fact that Alton was tired of the shit. All of the shit that me and you talking about, you got to remember Alton when he was doing that season at the age I am like now. Right. And Alton was like, I am not playing the bullshit. Especially after the fight with Frank, he was upset at me because he was like, you fell for it. You knew they were going to do that. And I was kind of like, no, nah, but he didn't have to talk about their mama. I didn't think he was going to do that. And Alton's like one of those wise motherfuckers. Lots to learn from Alton. Uh, he was kind of like, yeah, you did. And it upset me that you like went to that level. And at that moment, I kind of knew that he was just so over it. Um, and we were scared going into it that he was going to throw it. We were right. That's why I was so upset when Nani made herself go in there. That's why I was so upset because Nani also was kind of feeling like Alton where he was like, fuck it, I'll throw myself in. But Nani also knew that if she didn't throw herself in and she survived, she was going into elimination anyway. She just didn't know that we were going to, me and Trishel would crush that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, dude, to this day, I wish it was me and Nani. We would have won. We legit would have won. Um, but as far as Alton, dude, he threw it. I'm just going to tell you. Like, he threw it. Dude, he, he didn't want to be there anymore. He didn't want to deal with the shit. He definitely didn't want to go to a final. We knew that San Diego was going to be a tough a, a team to compete with. And we knew that we were going to have to see them in a final. And based off of what was happening, like, Alton didn't know that that was, like, the climax time. Like, things were going to kind of chill out as far as, like, the, the heat amongst competitors. Um... As far as that point go, he was like, I am not about to go to a fucking final with these people and, and the way they act. Like, he was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, as far as when, once we got to Africa, even with the competition and everything, everybody was chill. We were just so excited to have a final. And when you get to a final, bro, Challenge House sucks all the time. It sucks on purpose. You're meant to rough it a little bit in the challenge house. First of all, there's 30 people that they got to feed and house, you know, limited, limited, you know, they want you to feel like, hey, everybody's here, fend for yourself. I mean, in Turkey, the house didn't have warm water. They wow. The house didn't have warm water and the fucking technicians were at the house trying to fix it and never could fix it. And I was like, this is a million dollar house. You telling me that we can't fix the hot water? We ended up finding the hot water. What we didn't know, and this is crazy, I found this out years later from some camera guys that were with us. Dude, okay. They had took our room, that separate little pool house that was down by the house in Turkey, and they built a false wall, and camera guys were sleeping in a room back there. Very silently and very quietly, they were sleeping in a room. And in that wall, they had covered up the hot water heater. And I almost found that room when I found the hooks to the hot water heater. And I turned the hot water heater on in our pool house. And we were the only, we kept that a secret for as long as we could that we had hot water. Like, you know, only Brooklyn could come. You know, Chet and Sarah could come and shower in our shower. We had hot water. We were separate from the house. So 
just knowing that, right? And, you know, food shortages, they bring food in. These dudes are competing. They're like, I need all my protein. They eat everything. Um, when you get to a final, shit changes. You go from an empty house that once housed 30 people to now it's housing about five or 10 and it feels empty. And you just remember all the people that left. You know, you're like, all those people are gone. All those rooms are empty. And you go to the finals house, which is always balling. And they give you all the food you want. And you got your own fucking bed. And you you don't have to sleep. You know, it's like really nice. So we are so excited about that, that the whole tone changed. Like, there was no fighting. There was no, like, big arguments or anything that happened in the final. Like there was, went out and left. And if I if there was one thing I could have told out. I was like, dude, stick it out. It's going to get better. But he left, dude. And he threw it. I know he threw it. Out and could have beat those two in that fucking game ten times in a row. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He threw it out, bro. It's hard for you to watch it on camera because you get little three-second clips, about ten of those. But watching the whole thing happen right in front of us, he wasn't putting in his effort. Mm-hmm. You know? Nani, too, though. Nani wanted to go home, too. Actually, Nani didn't want to go home. But she thought if she stayed, they were gonna they were gonna drive her crazy and send her home anyway. So she was like, "I'm going." When Nani raised her hand, I was so mad. I could I could have killed Trishel because that night we had told Trishel like, "Look, if it comes up, if Alton doesn't do this, you are sacrificing yourself, Trishel. This is a fi- this is a final decision. Like you're sacrificing yourself." And as soon as TJ Lavin said it, Nani, Trishel just kind of put her head down. I knew she wasn't going to do it. And Nani just was like, fuck it, I'll go. And I was like, ouch. You know, I was so, if you remember that end of that episode. Yeah. No lie, bro. I was so mad. I was like, fuck Trishel, you're dead to me. Like, <laughs> I actually told Trishel, I was like, live forever. I want you to live forever because I want you to remember what you did. And, you know, I took that shit serious, bro. I, hey, I'm not even lying to you, Mike. I was like, yo, you betrayed my sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, Trishel, you And I, I was just so done with it, bro. I was so mad. And uh, and me and Trishel ended up battling it out, bro. You saw, I mean, we, we, we ended up being pretty tight. You know, we actually got through that. I haven't talked to Trishel in years. But after the show, I lived in New Orleans, and she lived in New Orleans, too, and we saw each other a few times, and that was pretty tight. But, uh, yeah, man, Trishel, too, she's cool. And now. All right. So, uh, obviously, you know, not going on Rivals, too. Um, and then your next season was two seasons after that, free agents. Um, hey. You, you know, did you like the format, or? <sighs> free agents was one of those formats that left a lot up to chance. You know, like, there's just, you know, a lot to, it was kind of one of those things. You know, what was good is that it wasn't teams. A lot of people were excited that it wasn't teams. People don't like teams all the time because you don't get the pick. So, uh, but, you know, it was one of those things. Teams kind of came in and out. And as far as the format, I was excited for it. I was excited for the jersey because I got a number. You know? Yeah, that was cool. They got me a number, you know, that was pretty tight. Jersey's too tight. I still have it. Jersey's oh, wow. too tight. But... But I still got that mug, and uh, and I would wear it if it wasn't so damn tight. 
because it's one of those soccer ass shirts. Actually, that's not it, but I got a few other ones. I keep them all in a special little place. Wow. But uh, yeah, man, I was exciting as far as that. I was mostly excited about the jersey. I didn't care about the format. Yeah. So um, obviously going into that wrecking wall elimination, you had to punch through the walls and climb. Talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, what the walls were like, because that elimination, you know, was pretty I difficult. I was excited for that elimination because it was drywall. And I know drywall. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've installed drywall. He told us it was drywall. I was like, good. I know what to expect. And as far as, cl- like, climbing up drywall, I'm like, you know, fucking, I can do this. Like, this is understandable. Um, I had a solid little plan. You know, my little, my thing with the drywall was to not use my hands, elbows, and knees. You know what I'm saying? That's what's going to get through drywall a lot faster than trying to punch your hand. You're really going to, by the end of that, you're going to regret it. Um, so my plan was like, I hit one knee hit right there, and then I hit an elbow hit, and I had my step up, and I was going. But in the middle of that, my two hits, once I started hitting here and here, started as soon as I started going up, there was too many holes. And in the act of me trying to use this as a ladder, there was two holes next to each other with a little bit of support, and me stepping into that, I fell. And after that, I was like, I could try to catch up and stuff like that, but, you know, Frank Frank's a fighter. You know, he got it, and it, it sucked losing to Frank. Yeah, yeah. I was about to ask. I think Frank, a lot of people... Frank, uh... bro, it sucked to lose to Frank. I was so mad. And in this situation, it's one of those, like, you, you leave, bro. You leave, and you never you never talk to him again. Like they just you don't have you don't get to tell Frank anything. You don't get to nothing. You go home, and so it, that 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 moment, whoo, that moment hurt. I was about to ask, dude, because most of the eliminations aside from that season were like you know contact based. I was like, bro, that coming last time you guys were on screen. That's why they did it, Mike. They knew not to put me in a situation where it was gonna be contact with Frank. Frank strong. But I wanted to eat a little bit of Frank here. I really wanted a piece of Frank. And I was wishing we was going to have some kind of, you know, physical, you know, thing like 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 Leroy did that one time when there was two people holding on to something. The first person let it go wins. You know, I was like looking for some, And I thought they were going to give it. I thought that the producers saw that it was me and Frank and they were just one, let them fight it yeah, out. Yeah, the one before that, bro, with the ball, like kind of like a football style thing, you know, balls in. Wait, what was that? The uh... That was Chet and Frank. When uh, you had to carry the ball and put it into the basket? Yeah, exactly. Frank and Chet split his chin open. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, dude, that was, I was looking for that to happen. But they had that also, the elimination called Oppenheimer, you know, I think right after that, or two two eliminations, where they're in a small hallway, and you have to run through the other to get the belt. Yeah. That's that's a good one. I remember Battle of the Seasons, man. Zach was so excited for that. Yeah, the hall brawl, yeah. Yeah. But, uh. You know, I, I was personally like, that was such a missed chance. Dude, I know. You take that, that rivalry time, bro, I was gonna put that in a physical that. elimination, bro. This is- but it was one of those things that it was like, all right, he got to the top faster than me. Like, he didn't, we didn't get physical. So I wasn't crazy about losing. And, I mean, it sucked and all, but what are you going to do? Right. So coming on to X's too, um. Unfortunately, man, you know, you got uh, thrown into the first elimination. Wes kind of, uh, you know, orchestrated that. Yeah. Um, You kind of felt at the outs a little bit on the house. Do you think, like, you know, politically that season, you know, people just, like, for whatever reason, uh, didn't really 
you know, view you as like part of someone they can, you know, have with them, rock with them? Uh, in that season, I feel like me and Jess were team, were a team. And, you know, Jess just really, I mean, I like Jess and all, but she just wanted to like start a relationship or something. You know, like we got on the show and I was, you know, yeah, we were attracted to each other and stuff, but she like was like, I want to be a girlfriend type shit. And I was just like, fuck, we got to compete. So that was already tough. I was already trying to navigate that. But um, aside from that, I wasn't doing any political shit. I really just wasn't. You know, I like myself, I was just trying to be everybody's friend and just trying to have a good time uh, that I didn't get too involved with the political shit. Um, but Nani was there. With Leroy with, was there, too. Yeah. Well, Nani was there with, with Johnny Bananas. Bananas, yeah. And legit, I ain't gonna lie to you, Mike, I kind of walked into that one thinking, like, I'm good. My sister is with Johnny Bananas. We're good. Like, we're good, you know? Um, I, I just, I just kind of counted on that to happen. You know, I was, I was really excited about that, actually, you know, because Johnny's cool. Like, I was a big fan of Johnny growing up. And, you know, knowing that Nani was his teammate, knowing that we, I was, I was legit excited that season to learn how the politics work. Like, I was, I was like, yo, I'll be Johnny Bananas, like, secondhand man. And he wants me to do something crazy. As long as he freaking knows what he's doing, I'll do it. You know, like, I was yeah. really excited about that aspect of that season. But uh, when Wes came up to me, I was just like, you know, dude. Like, he literally straight up asked me if I had any ties to to Johnny Bananas. Like, basically drawing the line in the sand and saying, if you support him, I got a problem with you. And, I mean, in that moment, I was just like, Wes, Nani is Johnny's fucking, like, teammate. Done. Like, let's wash our hands. You don't even have to ask me that question. Are you here just to, you know, I was kind of like, you know that I got Nani's back no matter what. She could be teamed up with Lucifer himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got Nani's back. And he was just like, oh, and he played his fucking slimy ass West role. You know how he is. Just, you know, he's just a, he just, he loves the politics more than anything. And a guy like that scares me more than anything. He's just a little, he wants to do that type shit. Like, you know, you should hear that dude talk. Like, it's the first nights of these shows, he's looking at all the people, figuring out who's new. And he's like, I'm going to get them all together and they're going to be my minions. And I'm just like, dude. Get out of here, bro. Like, where did you get this complex where you think everybody's going to follow you to the end of the world? But uh, but as soon as he did that, I'll be honest, I didn't think I was going in. But that night, you know, it was over, you know, night before elimination, night before we choose, I'm bullshitting, drinking, and Naya actually came up to me. And she was like, you know, she was like, oh, you're drinking, huh? You might want to go lighter when you're drinking. And and I, that I kind of took that as like you're going in tomorrow and I know it, and I was kind of like fuck. And I remember that night because I was like shit, man, I just got here, and then me and Jess go in, uh, up against these rookie ass kids from some other show, man. I was like, what? Like get the fuck out of here. You know what are you doing here? Like, you know. So it was that was annoying, and me and Jess had it. We really did. Um, and Jess just kind of leaned back into that elimination. You remember talking yeah. about and you failed, man. She was kind of trusting the process. But we didn't talk about the fact 
that the boards were on her side. So if anywhere we were going to fall, it would be towards her so that she kind of needed to lean into me more. And she, we didn't talk about that. It's one of those things, those challenges, the challenges are a lot easier if you don't go first. You get to see other people do it. Eliminations, you don't get to see nobody do it. That's why I loved Battle of the Seasons because we got to pick which elimination it was. That made me feel so much better because at least we knew what it was. Uh, but going into that one, we didn't know what we were walking into, man. And me and Jess lost. Just some rookies. Yeah, I was uh, actually going to ask because your season was the uh, – well, that season of Exodus 2 was the first season they started pulling from uh, other shows. It started with Are You the One. Now it's kind of evolved into, you know, Big All Brother, kinds of the now. UK Survivor. So I'm just going to ask uh, basically for your thoughts on, like, you know, them basically uh, casting from a larger pool now of other, you know, networks and shows. You know, as far as, like – a group of board members sitting around and talking about it, that sounds like a great idea, you know? But, I mean, for us, we kind of were like, we were the first ones. You know, these kids came out of nowhere. We got to the airport, and we were like, who the fuck is this? Like, what you sitting by us for, bro? Just go catch your flight. Like, get out of here. And they were like, we're on the show, too. And we were just like, what? Like, we kind of, you know... At, the production goes a long way to kind of make you feel like you're a part of the family. And at that point, we were all, I for sure myself was all kind of like, man, what the fuck? Like, you know, that's betrayal. Uh, because, you know, we were, we were, ex look, the challenge in the real world to me growing up always felt like this elite fraternity. You know, like you get to, if you get in, you don't get to go to the challenge unless you went through the hard stuff first. Like, you had to go, challenge is cool, but you have to go through your hazing phase, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And get your ass out there into the streets and figure out what, what it really means and be on the real world. And, you know, it was just a thing that, like, you know, you saw the people in the real world and you were waiting for who was going to come next. But, dude, the real world, the people that would come on to the challenge after, like, a lot of them didn't want to take it serious. Right. And got like literally like 30% of the people just there to like do it because of course they're not going to turn it down like you know they want to be on TV again they want their name out there again but they're not interested in competing as a producer I would have to be like yeah it's tough to pull through this from this pool of people repeatedly and only have a few of them really take it serious you yeah. know mm -hmm. you know it's just one of those things so that's how I felt I mean but I, I, I feel like they did what they had to do so this question, you know, comes up a lot, and especially in your case, you know, people, when they always talk about, oh, I want this guy back, or where's he been, blah, blah, blah. So basically, I'm just going to ask you like a two-in-one here. Right. Um, you know, why haven't, you know, we seen you back after Exodus 2, and when were you most recently called to do a show? That's another thing that people like to uh, ask. Well, dude, that's a serious one, because I – and yet to even talk about this, you know? Um, well, basically, MTV just, or Bunim and Murray, whichever one it was, just kind of like, was like, nah, we can't have you on this season for some bullshit. Um, so while I was in Lafayette, I, a lot of people probably know this, I went to a bar one night, and this girl told some cops that I reached up her skirt and, like, you know, 
fondled her, like legit, like sexual assault of a felony. And she said that I did that and I got arrested and ended up, you know, I fought it in court and to be honest, the girl connected. She worked at the bar that I got in trouble at. The bar that I got in trouble at was owned by a marshal, a police marshal. Uh, so, yeah, it was one of those things where I got bankrolled. I got screwed over. Like, I they didn't they didn't get me for the felony. They dropped most of the charges, but they still put me on probation for a year. The judge just kind of seriously was just like. I can't tell these guys that they're wrong. And if I do tell them they're wrong, I'm just setting you up to sue them later. Right? Because I was, I was, I was going to sue. Like, that girl got, I mean, dude, oh, that night, I legit saw that girl and went to kick her. I mean, you see the footage. Going yeah, to, I saw the video. Yeah. I have the footage. I had to steal that footage. No one knows this until now. But I got a buddy that was working in that bar and he knew what was going on the night after. I had a best friend that worked at that bar before. They told me that the owner was gonna tell the police that the, the footage in the system was under construction and they had no footage. I knew that and I was like, oh my God, the only thing that's gonna fucking save me is this footage. Like it's my word against theirs now and I'm some reality star kid, you know? like. They put it in the police report. They literally put in the police report that I was in the street saying that I was a reality star and you can't bring me to jail. I was like, dude, that never happened. Literally, the only thing that happened was a dude that was there. I went to high school with him and I was like, dude, <laughs> you know I didn't reach up some girl's skirt. Like, what am I doing? Like, you know me. And he was like, oh, now you're in the real world now. You come around. And he said it. I didn't fucking say nothing. So... <laughs> That was such a fucked up situation, dude. It was really a turning point. Like it really was something that I kind of like woke up from and I was like, I got screwed. Like I got so screwed over and nobody would help me. Like, you know, MTV didn't send anybody. I was on my own. Um, God, I hate even talking about it because, you know, that girl, you know, that shit overnight, you know, was on the internet. I was in jail for three days because it was a felony. Like, they got me for rape. I was basically in there for rape. So I wasn't no, like, you can bail out tonight. You know, like, it was, I had to align some shit up. It was, you know, Louisiana, Louisiana is a tough place. You know, the cops, really strong force. You know, they do what they want to do there. Um, but I was in jail for three days, bro. And when I got out, I had no idea that this had hit TMZ and shit. You know, but all of that stuff was undone. I couldn't undo any of that stuff. And it hurt me real bad. And I paid a lot of money to get out of jail. I, you know, cash out of the pocket. You know, I mean, we may, were making money from the show and stuff, but still to throw out 12 grand, I was like, the fuck? I'm going to see my money back. You know, like, you can't just take this. I didn't do anything. You're going to take my money and then tell me, you know, blah, blah. So I ended up on probation. All right, let's scratch that story. You know the story now, right? Yep. Move to... I got the call. It was it was siblings. Blood rights. Bro. You remember my brother from the real world when he came? My brother, MMA fighter. We run, we run like challenge races and shit. I was like, y'all messed up. 
first of all, I was like, they called me and they were like, Dustin, we want you on this show, but here's the twist. And I was like, what's the twist? They were like, we want you to invite someone in your family or one of your really, really, really like close friends or a family, like preferably a family member. Uh, and I was like, my brother. I was like, oh my God. My brother opened a gym. The gym was about two years old at that point. And I was like, Josh, it's going to be a great marketing opportunity. We're going to go on the show. We're going to win. And your gym is, we, we, everything is going to be great. Like this is the answer to everything. Like everything is about to align. Like bro, me and you are about to just do it. And I, dude, I mean, go look up my brother's gym. It's Performance Evolution PE Training Academy in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Bro, we do stuff like the challenge. We have a we have a challenge like obstacle course set up in our in our big field outside of the gym. We do this type of stuff. We have a jungle gym like obstacle course inside of our gym. So I was so excited. And I moved from New Orleans. I was running my, um, I had a, a mobile car wash uh, detailing business that I was right. in New Orleans, man. It was pretty sweet because I was like, I needed, I needed to be able to employ myself. So if I ever leave for any of these challenges, I don't have to like quit a job. You know, there's a lot of people that don't go to challenges because they have a job. And they're like, I can't walk away from here for six to eight weeks. So I was, you know, doing my thing, but I moved to Lake Charles to train. They told me about it, and I was like, I called my brother. I was like, we're doing this. Guess what? We're in boot camp now. I'm coming to Lake Charles, and we're about to get ready. <laughs> Dude. I was so excited. And then all of a sudden, you know, emails started coming, and they were saying that they, they were like, you know, we can't let you on if you're on probation. And I was like, what? Like, what? Like, this is a very minor probation. Like, like, okay. I was like, okay, I'll do whatever. You, okay. I was like, I'll, I'll figure it out. Dude. I mean, I called my probation officer. I fucking did all kinds of stuff. Agreed to more charity hours, uh, all kinds of shit. I, you know, had to give their number. I was like, you know, this, my probation officer wasn't too excited that she had to like, contact all these people to give the right away for me to go on the show and it was really hard for me to bend her and get a hold of her and you know like be like look i really need you to write these emails i really need you to get these people to say to say that you're okay with me going because they were like look if you're on probation you can't come they're like but if your probation officer says you can come we'll let you come and i was like okay i'll do whatever it takes dude i worked my ass off i got all my probation officer I, my probation officer was calling them and not, and they weren't answering and legit. Like they were just like, nah, nah, we're not going to have you. And I was like, wait, not over this. I'm on probation because this girl wronged me. I was like, you guys knew I got wrong. Like y'all know the whole story. I, 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 I tried to get those people, my lawyer, tried to call Buner and Murray and MTV to get lawyers on their side involved because we were preparing for a lawsuit that was involving defamation of character on a TV personality level. So we needed some heavy hitters from New York to kind of do that because in Louisiana, people don't know those sides of the law. They didn't respond, dude. And I mean, bro, I got a lot of childhood shit, you know, a lot of abandonment issues and shit like that. And MTV itched that like in my feeling when that happened 
Because I did everything they said, bro. And I really, I think my, I think my brother's whole life would be different. I think that, you know, it was a great opportunity. And they never called me since. I pushed back. Because I, I told them, I was like, you can't let this girl take this from me. This girl did this to me and I'm on probation and you guys know the whole story, but y'all going to let that issue stop my career. Like I was so hurt, dude. I was, I dude, I would love to show you the emails, like fucking pouring my heart out, dude. Like just being like, please don't let this issue bring up more shit in my life than it already has. Like I am ready to move on from this happening to me and I am ready to fucking just move on with my life and get back onto the show and do my shit. You know, like, let's go. Like, and I was just like, you know, I was so crushed, you know, by the people that I thought were going to take care of me. You know, I really, when I got on the real world, I know a lot of people come from cool families and they're just like oh this is special i get to go in the real world and this stuff but that real world and those challenges meant something to me it meant the turnaround in my life it meant that i was going to start something new it meant like i gave mtv that story dude i was a porn star no one knew i was a porn star like like my family didn't know no one knew i was hiding it i was telling people i was in la modeling for years for like four years um and the real world and the challenges was that thing to like i can let that go i can tell that story and they might make a ton of money off of me you know they might like you know use my story and explore me but i got my story out and now i'm on a new beginning i'm in a new chapter i am an entertainment personality now and i'm gonna you know do my thing like i can make i can bounce i can use this to be a fucking you know, my whole life has changed, bro. I'm out the hood now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I rose up, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking coming back one day. We're going to start some stuff. Like, I'm coming back to Ray, Louisiana. We're going we to, like, you know, do some charity work. I was legit, like, this is, this is going to help me. And, dude, when that happened, it hurt. But it hurt more over a long time. I didn't ever get a call back. So, Bloodlines was the last uh, season that you got a call for? Yeah. Wow. They so, never even invited me back after that. Wow. And I mean, the situation didn't get blown out of proportion. I sent a few emails that was like, you know, just pleading to them. Mainly the like, please don't stop this from like, because to me, that challenge was super important because it was siblings. And I was going to be able to bring my brother. Like that, I didn't kick that of that for challenge in particular, for that situation in particular, literally sent me I was just like I'm crushed I was fucking crushed like legit everything in my life at that point and everything that was kind of important to me just kind of faded and I kind of went through a little moment of depression but I was in Lake Charles and I like to say that Lake Charles was like my backpacking trip in my hometown because right. after that I stayed with my brother we worked on the gym we basically rebuilt the gym changed locations Started a charity, man. Now we got a charity called Peaceful Warriors. We go to schools and we hold programs and teach kids anti-bullying techniques. And, uh, man, honestly, I mean, after that happened, I was depressed for a little while. But that little two-year stint in Lake Charles was the best time of my life, kind of getting through that with my family and everything. And now I'm in New York with my extended family working at the butcher shop. 
and you know just kind of keeping myself I'm here you know but I don't know man I don't know what happened I don't know I don't know you know I, I, I'm I talk to people and, you know people stop me and they're like, oh let's take a picture I'll be like yeah they're like why do you don't go into any challenges like they literally think I'm turning all these challenges down like people think that I'm like you know like, oh Dustin like what the fuck you don't love us anymore and I'm like no dude they stop calling me bro like I don't know what to tell you. And it's tough, man. It's tough that, you know, I mean, from a regular job, you get fired. At least you get some closure. You know what I'm saying? At least they tell you they don't want you to work there and why they don't want you to work there. Whenever I was done with that, I was like, oh, okay, they, you know, the probation thing. But I, I mean, a few months after that was over, the probation, probation thing was over and I was ready for another challenge. They just never called me again, man. So like, it kind of sucks, dude. You know, because yeah. I thought I worked hard. I thought I gave my story. I thought I didn't try to hide stuff. I didn't try to edit myself for the camera. I was my true self at all times. And, you know, I thought that was going to thought that was going to work for me. Like if I knew I was going to be doing this just for a short amount of time, dude, I wouldn't have fucking put my whole shit out there, you know what I'm saying? Like why yeah. would I do that? You know? But so are you clear right now? Like you don't have like any uh, you know, probationary things or like chart no, you're like you're clear, like I had never been in trouble in my life before that happened. And I never got in any trouble after. I'm I'm not like like I know that don't mean much to you, but to me, coming from the family that I come from and the hell raisers that I was raised with and my cousins and how they're all in jail with drug problems and shit, like I was very proud of being the guy that was never in any trouble. Like, I was always a little rambunctious as a teenager. And, you know, I was cool, got in some fights and stuff like that, but never got arrested, never got involved with any drugs. Man, I didn't start smoking weed till I was, like, 22, literally right before the real world. Wow. So, yeah, man, I, you know, I come from a strict upbringing. Um, so, you know, that situation, I, I, dude, I've never been in any trouble. You know, I, I was never, never had any run-ins with the law. And so, I mean, since that moment on, I haven't, you know, I've been chilling. That was a, that was crazy. I hated being on probation. Right. It sucked. Like they were like, you can't smoke weed for a year. And I was like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> so, so that was like scary and stuff. But it was all. Yeah, but um, I'd say like pretty much majority of the fans, you know, would love to see you back. So I pose oh, the question now: it, If uh, MTV, you know, hollers at you, what are you saying? That's my. That's tough, Mike. I don't think it'll happen. You know, at this point, I'm like, oof. You know, but um, I'm in a relationship, real serious relationship. You know, I love my girlfriend. You know, you go look at my Facebook. I got all kinds of pictures with her and stuff. You see how proud I am. Uh, I never really shared that many pictures with many girlfriends except Heather. But um, yeah, so it it would be it would be something I have to discuss. It'd have to be something. Maybe some. I don't know. It'd just be a thing that that I would. I'd be excited. I'd be flattered. You know. I'd be like. You know. I. I'd love to. I mean, if if not the challenge, I'm right here in New York. I'd love to work with MTV, or be with Murray. Right. Um, you know, whatever. Have you uh, watched the show lately, or when have you last? Uh... Oh, I keep up with it. Me and my girlfriend and stuff. Oh, all right. Yeah. But it has been a while. A couple of probably. I don't think the last season I saw much of it. I'll be honest with you. But no, overall, you know, I mean, once you like it, you like the stuff, you know, and now I don't get to go online without seeing, you know, like, oh, this and that. So I, I keep up with it because it's right there, you know, but I don't 
engage. I don't tweet about it and stuff like that. Do you still keep in uh, contact with any uh, cast members? Man, there's some people that, you know, will call me and we'll hang out. Like, you know, uh, like Nani, Leroy, they came to New York a couple times and we hung out. But man, I don't really, I don't really fuck with anybody. You know, I ain't gonna lie to you. Like after that whole thing happened, I kind of got all mad about it. And I was like, I'm not talking to nobody from there, you know? Not from there, but I'm not like, I'm not like gonna actively engage and and look, you know, just, just be the turd that's like, ah, guys, remember me? You know, I'm not, I don't give a fuck that much. You know what I'm saying? I like what I did. I like the process, but you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I guess that's me as a personality. I don't really fuck with too many people just in general. You know what I'm saying? Like, so that Uh, mixed with, yeah, I I could, I could relate to that on a a lot of fronts actually. Cause you know, as soon as I could say, dude, like, honestly, after graduating, you know, high school, I considered high school sort of like, you know, obviously I've never lived in a challenge house, but you know how high school is. Like, oh, you yeah, these no. people like five, from five times you, a week. You, yeah, like, like, you're, you're constantly like this. And I feel like a lot of friendships and relationships you make there aren't like, you know, real. And I feel like the ones that you keep after, you know, your mm-hmm. first year of like college or just your first year after high school, yeah. anything that you keep that pretty much is a testament to what's real and what wasn't, you know what I mean? It's true. Um, and I can't, I can't sit here with a straight face and tell you, bro, that like, I legitimately like, you know, fuck with or like, <laughs> you know, try to like, yeah. So like, I yeah, dude, I'm the like, same way, man. I like, you know, I mean, for high school in those younger years, when you're in like, those people are probably still the people that I'm like, those are my best friends. You know, the people that I did keep in contact my brother, all our friends that like, kind of coming up, those are still like the heavy hitters. But dude, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a. You seem like an extremely outgoing person too, Mike. It's yeah. just weird. You know, we don't. We I don't know why. I mean, I moved to New York a couple years ago, and I just haven't. I haven't made any friends. You know, I just don't. I don't fuck with nobody. I don't. I don't yeah. It's hard. It really is hard to like meet a friend and be like, dude, we're gonna actively go out and do stuff together like we're you know what i'm saying like i just one of those things i literally get to this point in my life and i'm like man what i used to have all these all these people around man and like now i don't and i went through a period where i didn't even notice and now that i'm like a little bit older i'm like man i really desire to have some folks around you know to fucking bullshit with but yeah man just how it is man i think it, i think it's the same case for a lot of people yeah oh it's just don't really fuck with too many people. I got my girlfriend. We we go on adventures together and stuff, you know, and she's got some friends that she has from high school we hang out with. But as far as, like, my core crew, I don't really have much of a core crew. Right. So this season uh, that's currently airing, um, Wes and Bananas have initially, well, it's kind of basically, you know, been brought to, you know, attention now on the last episode, um, that they made a pact to basically form a two-man power trip, and they're in an alliance this season. So um, having been with, uh, you know, seasons with both of those guys, um, what's your uh, thoughts on them working together and, you know, finally <laughs> bearing the hatchet? Bro, as far as those two go, <sighs> burying the hatchet? I don't think it's a bury the hatchet thing. I think those two dudes are two different type of people. 
and their their oil and water. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, the real world goes out and searches, you know, character types. All right. And those two are just not going to mix. As far as forming alliance, I understand that both of those guys are extremely business oriented. You know what I'm saying? They're smart dudes. They know how this shit works. An alliance with those two not working against each other is going to be epic in its own. Right. So like the fact that that West doesn't have Johnny Bananas overshadowing him and the fact that, you know, Johnny Bananas doesn't have West like nipping at his ankles because that's how I look at it. You know, well, some people like, but to me, that's what I see. And I mean, sometimes you got to make an executive decision, Mike, you know what I'm saying? So, so we'll see how it plays out, but I mean, it's, it's totally interesting. I didn't even, I saw that online, but I didn't know the magnitude of it. Right. Um, so what are some hidden talents that, uh, you know, fans and people of the show might not know about you? Me? Yeah. Bro, I'm full of hidden talents. Jack of all trades. Oh, jack of all trades. Nah, man. Uh, You know, what's a hidden talent? I don't know what a hidden talent is. I'm pretty handy. I build stuff. You, yeah. know, uh, you see this right here, Mike? Yeah. This is a skateboard deck lamp. And I designed wow, it holy myself, shit, dude. dude. That's insane. Yeah, dude. I, I wanted a lamp, and I had a lamp here. And it was ugly, Mike. You know what I'm saying? And um, I went through this phase where I was watching a bunch of flea market flip. You ever watch that show? Never watched it, but I oh, have an idea of... Uh... Fuck around, bro. If you ever... I mean, you know, you ever fuck around, get some flea market flip, change your life. And then I was just like, man, what can I make? You know, I want to make something. And I ended up making these skateboards, man. I think I'm going to start selling them. Wow. Yeah, I actually made, I got, okay, so back home, we got a, we got a, um, my, I told you, PE, Performance Evolution. Mm-hmm. We got a fight school, but then we also have kids karate. And I got wow. some of my old students, man. I made them a couple. I made them some skateboard lives. That's, that's crazy, dude. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So I guess one of my hidden talents is I'm pretty handy. Wow. Yeah, like I, uh, so I got this, this, this here, this is a paddle, Mike. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I designed it. I put a Z on it because I love my name so damn much. But yeah, now that hangs above my bed. Stuff like that, man. A lot of people don't know I'm handy like that. You know, they, they forget that I was raised on a farm and I can fix things. And when I do it, man, they just like, wow, where the hell did you come from? Yeah. So I guess that's one of my hidden talents. So uh, kind of in like a little uh, brief, um, you know, synopsis, what have you, uh, what's kind of new with you or what have you been up to since, you know, we've last seen you aside from uh, some of the stuff that uh, you previously mentioned? Shoot, man, I guess the biggest thing is I'm in New York now. Uh, I'm a butcher. Okay. I am a butcher. I was an apprentice and I think now I'm an actual butcher and I am developing a, uh, a, a menu. I want to open a restaurant. Wow. Yeah, like a sports bar restaurant. I want to swing by that one day. Dude, you will, Mike. You will, dude, for sure. We'll we'll yeah. host one of these in there, bro. It sounds like you're gonna take off, man. You will be doing some cool stuff. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. I'm I'm with it. Yeah, that'd be tight, man. Yeah, but that's you know, moving to New York. I, I wanted to come here. My family has a butcher shop here. I wanted to kind of develop I I, I never really mess with food too much. But then I started kind of getting an itch, and I, I, you know, always wanted to open a restaurant. You know, uh, you know, my real dad, he had bars and stuff growing up, and he had a restaurant, 
And I always kind of wanted to do it. I was always trying to be hands-on when he had that. And um, and that's kind of that's kind of the dream, dude. Right. I like it, man. Well, yeah. Uh, you know, th- this was real fun, man. Um, you know, I'm glad I got was able to you know get you on here and get in touch with you. This was uh definitely cool. Um, I could honestly say like I'm not just gonna blow smoke up your ass, but I could honestly say this is probably the most uh you know fun one I've done so far. Dude, Mike, I wanted to deliver for you, bro. I really did, man. I think you're a cool dude, man. I thought you was you. Like, you, you too, man. man. You're definitely uh. We, we meshed well in this, you know? Dude, honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. We might have to hang out. You live in Jersey and I live in hey, We have to hang out. We can definitely make those arrangements, boss. Two, two, two lost brothers looking for some friends. Bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of see you. You kind of look like you're in a door. I was like, Mike probably got a whole ton of friends. And then you're like, I don't have no friends either. I was like, man, me and Mike have to hang out, dude. Forget it. Yeah, man, we could definitely keep touch, but uh, you know, I think the fans, the fans will love this, man. Uh, it was a pleasure, and I thank you for coming on here, man. Dude, you are welcome, my man. I'm glad I could do it, man. And you know, this happened so organically. You know what I'm saying? You just kind of hit me up, and the way it happened was cool, man. I'm so glad to find out that you're just starting this. You know, you yeah, kind of yourself like a professional, sir. You know, <laughs> like well, I got him a podcast. I'm gonna have to help him out. So. uh... So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm honored to be here, and I'm honored to be one of the first, you know, number 25 for you, bro. That's pretty cool. That's yes, pretty sir. Cool. Thank you, man. Take care, man. See All right, see. dude. You take it easy, yeah, Mike. Good. Sure. Later.